You're listening to The Zen Courses Show, episode 12. Welcome to The Zen Courses Show, the show for online course creators who care about building actionable, meaningful, and profitable online courses. If you're a solo entrepreneur, tech geek, or creative, The Zen Courses Show is the place to get expert advice for creating your online course, overcoming overwhelm, and growing a balanced business. To get the full experience, sign up at zencourses.co, where you'll get access to free lessons, resources, and more. Again, that's zencourses.co. What's up, everyone? Today, I'm super excited to have Maya Gaddy as a guest on the Zen Courses show. You might know Maya from her site, mayagaddy.com, where she helps entrepreneurs level up their online businesses to create systems and products that give them more time. Maya, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So is there anything you want to add to that intro? Anything I left out? Anything you want to tell us about yourself? Let's see. Um, I can tell you that I use digital strategy and high touch experience to help action taking entrepreneurs um, create high impact, high purpose online classes um, that are tailor made for them and their students so that they love what they do and how they do it. Very nice. So I like to start things off a little bit differently to help people get to know you just a little bit. I've got five quick questions for you. Are you ready? I like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Early bird or night owl? Definitely a night owl. Nice. One yeah. thing that you absolutely have to do every morning to start your day off, right? Meditate. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, lots of things. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a lawyer at some point, but mostly I wanted to be a journalist and actually was a journalist for a little while before I transitioned into education. I read that about you. Very nice. Favorite city? Uh, Toronto. Love Toronto. If you had an all expense paid one way ticket to another planet, would you go? Oh, (laughs) no, I don't think so. I think I like it here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what's your story, Maya? How did you come to be an entrepreneur? Um, You know, I feel like I got my training wheels when I was in corporate because I worked from home um, the majority of the time. I was one of those odd uh, ball folks who had a home office, um, always had a lot of autonomy. And I worked a lot in, in both sales and marketing and course content creation for education companies and then also for for profit and nonprofit universities, um, mostly for master's programs and doctoral programs. So I was selling them, I was producing them, I was um, talking about them from the stage, um, I was creating them behind the scenes, not necessarily all at one time, (laughs) but throughout my career, I kind of touched on all of those points. So um, it was a bit hard for me to make the transition um, as an entrepreneur because it kind of already felt like I had my own business, but I didn't, right? So. Um, In 2011, I made the transition. There was actually um, a mass layoff and closing in the current, at that time, um, university, a pretty well-known university um, out in Portland. And I was working from home, right? So uh, I was like, okay, I'm really well-connected in the industry. It wouldn't be too hard for me to go and get another gig. Um, But I took that 
it's a sign. I took that layoff as a sign. And we had a really good severance package too. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to <laughs> out. Um, so from there, I started freelancing and consulting and kind of started to fill my way through um, entrepreneurship and what that looked like for me. Yeah, we have similar stories, which is one of the reasons I love talking to you because I resonate with so much that you've been through. So when did you launch your online business? Um, I launched my online business back in, I would say 2012. Okay. Um, I had a website. I had a website before I even really had a business. I think I've had a website or iterations of, if you want to call what I had up a website since probably 2008. <laughs> um, and so I really feel like I transitioned to online business focus probably around 2012. Okay. Um, yeah, I took a little bit of time off in there. Um, I was still freelancing and whatnot, but I went and taught um, technology in, in Ghana, uh, for a while and just kind of took a sabbatical from Los Angeles, um, and then came back and got started again. So when did you decide that you were going to help people create online courses and why did you decide to create an online course? That's a great question. So, um, also back in 2012, I created, this is how to tech. Um, that was my first, my very first <laughs> online course um, to help entrepreneurs learn about all the technology in their business, all the facets of it. And I think I had everything in there. Um, <laughs> it was really good, I think, a really good introduction for a lot of entrepreneurs who were fairly new um, and committed, but fairly new to the process and fairly new to the technology piece. Um, one of the most popular questions that I got and everybody tuned in that day, I guess that was a sign, uh, was how to build membership sites, how to build courses online. That's what everyone wanted to know the answer to. Um, and I shied away from doing that for a while because I felt like there was just so much competition at the time. And now we're in 2015. Then of course there's even more people um, making that connection, that kind of connection with their clients. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it all started for me. Okay. So I feel like, we skipped over some stuff. You make it sound so easy. So what were <laughs> your fears? I mean, you started, you had your website, you decided you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Were there any challenges or fears that you encountered? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a really good life um, when I was in corporate. I made a great income. I had the fancy condo, fancy car. I had, you know, all the checkbox items. <laughs> I had all of them. Um, I was even in a, a doctoral program, which I left. Um, so it was a major pivot for me. Um, That's probably around the time that I started to make, uh, take meditating seriously. Yeah. Um, and then I also uh, became a, a raw food vegan person for a little while um, over that, uh, that summer, that year when I was making that transition. I think it really just helped me kind of clear some space um, physical space <laughs> and mental space to make that transition transition because it's such a big leap, um, from where I was. So, um, that's also part of the reason that I took the sabbatical away from Los Angeles, which sounds so silly. <laughs> and, like thinking back on it, it's like, you have to leave, but it was just, um, I was living in like this really high end fancy concierge style building. And I moved to this very humble, Although, you know, less than a mile away from their very humble place. And so 
for me to just pack up my bags and like go over there, I felt like I needed to kind of shift out of that, um, that idea of living so I could really focus on what I wanted to create. So it sounds like your challenges were more of the spirit and, and mental of just getting into a new headspace for what you're about to get into. Yeah. Okay. How did you, how did you overcome that? What was one thing that you could say that helped you to finally make the shift and say, I'm going all in? Um, you know, it's really humbling to go to, to Ghana. I went to Accra and I taught for a couple months, um, technology and I lived in, uh, one of the villages outside of there. Um, and it's really humbling to be in the place where you don't have access to everything you're used to having access to. But not only that, um, you see so many amazing people who are super determined, super focused, right, on what they're creating for their lives, but they just don't have that immediate access that you have. And I feel like that made me so incredibly grateful and so incredibly humble um, to have what I have. So coming back, to, you know, my, my luscious land of opportunities <laughs> and all of these things um, really allowed me to clear that space. Okay. So whenever I am interviewing, I always look for the gem in a person's story. And I think one of the gems in your story is you've had great success with a very modest audience to start. Absolutely. So let's dig into that. Let's give some figures, if you don't mind, just a general, how many figures are we talking about revenue wise? Are we talking about four figures, five, six, seven, where are you at? I'm coming into the five figure mark. Very nice. And how many people, I know this answer, but let's share it with everyone else. How many people did you have on your list when you launched? Um, When I launched for this round? Yep. Um, Just under a thousand. Why do you think people feel like they need to wait until they have this massive following before they launch their their first product? Yeah, you know, I think that maybe a lot of people are kind of hiding behind um, this idea of big success and big fame. So, okay, I got to get to 10,000 people or I've even heard people say I need to get to 100,000 people before um, I launch my big signature program. Um, But for me, that's just not the way that I work. Um, I think it probably comes from uh, going to some private schools for college and and that kind of thing. And I'm kind of used to a smaller environment and really making those connections with people. Um, when I started my business, um, freelancing and consulting, I had 30 people on my list. I tell my students this all the time and those 30 people were buying for me and that's, (laughs) that's all I needed. Um, so I didn't need, like, it wasn't even in my head to get a list of 300 or 3000 at that point, because that's what I knew coming from, um, a sales background. Like are the people buying, are they happy? Are they engaged? All right, let's just focus on those people and maybe get referrals from those people. So Um, it's never too early to start. It's never too early to start. Yeah. What is the power of starting small? The power of starting small is that you really get to make awesome connections with people. You get to cater your content. It's really personalized. Um, um, I mentioned at the top, the high touch experience. So you get to have that and you get to test out a lot of things. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I ultimately want to do is create, um, a higher end signature program that's about lifestyle design. Okay. So it sounds a little airy fairy, but one of the really cool things about what I'm able to do, because I do have a smaller list, because I do have an engaged community 
is I can put something out to them and they trust me. So I can test little facets of things as I go about creating this larger project as I go really easily without, you know, overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give some context and then we'll move on because I want to touch on your, uh, your products. When you started online, when you, or I should say, when you launched your first course, how many people were on your list? Oh, um, my very first course. I don't know exactly, but roughly 50. Okay. Yeah. Which is very, very approachable and doable for some people that, you know, it's hard to see a number like 100,000, but 50 people can wrap their heads around that. Yeah. And I, you know how I got those people on my list? For the most part, I was reaching out to them in a group that I belong to. Um, not one particular group, but maybe a few groups that I'd focused in on. And I was really just interacting with them and I would send them a private message or maybe even within that chat, if we'd already built up that rapport and say, Hey, um, can we talk about how this online class would work for you? I think it would be really good and really beneficial. Yeah. Well, you kind of segued into my next question, which is what are some of the key things that you did to allow you to grow at, well, to be successful with a small list? Uh, let's start there. I am really big on email marketing. <laughs> um, so I an email just contact, I guess, in general. Um, I really do. So anyone who's on my list, I'm really paying close attention. I'm listening to what they're doing online. And I'm paying close attention to what they click on and what they use that I send out as well. Um, and I'm really focused in on what my current clients are doing as well. So I feel like there's kind of the twofold with my community and then also my current students so that when I'm really listening to them, I don't have to over ask what they're up to. I already know and I can cater that and it makes it really easy for them to refer me and it makes people who are on my list, uh, it makes them really easy for them to refer me to or to become a student. So what are some ways, because you're, you're an expert at this stuff. What are some ways to find out what people on your list or people in your community are doing? Okay, so one (laughs) big thing that I hear people talk about all the time is um, you got to take a survey. You got to put your survey stuff out there. And I've actually seen some really great surveys. Um, I know, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs absolutely love surveys and gathering information and data and that kind of thing. I'm much more on the ground. So when I talk about listening to my students and my audience, I'll go on research. I'll do a little bit of internet stalking. (laughs) What are they actually doing on social? What are they actually doing on their website? And then I might ask them pointed questions. Um, A lot of times what I like to do um, that goes a little bit deeper than a survey is I will test something out. So I might do a mini challenge Or I might do um, like a mini workshop and I'll test it out um, and see if they're actually engaged. That's what they said they wanted. That's what I think they want. Is that true? Most of the time when I do that small bit of testing, I can make a slight pivot or a slight tweak in languaging and positioning that really hits the core of what I'm excited about providing and what they're excited about changing in their business. Very cool. Thank you for those tips. I think they're going to be super helpful for people. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your product. So can you tell us about your course offerings? Yes. So (laughs) I run um, Launch Your Class. 
which has been uh, my primary focus for the last year. And I also run um, Sell Your Class, which is kind of the secondary um, kind of intermediate class right after launch your class to help you sell your class and take that to the next level. Um, I also have, I mentioned before, my very first class was This Is How to Tech. So I'm pulling, I'm shaking the dust off and <laughs> relaunching that in October um, because tech and digital strategy is one of the main things that people always ask me about. So um, it's been a request that um, I pulled that back out. It's yeah. coming out of the vault. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. So who is Launcher Class for? Since that's your flagship, let's talk about that. Launcher Class is truly for um, action-taking entrepreneurs who are ready to build high-impact, high-purpose classes. Now, there's two ways to take Launcher Class. There's a self-guided option that's really you know, tailor-made for people who want to do it on their own time. Yeah. Everyone has an opportunity to take it live. So it's a three-month live class opportunity to be with me, to get feedback from me, to be in a live community of other folks who are doing it as well. So it's really about planning, building, and launching your first online class. Or in many cases, I have entrepreneurs come to me who already have an existing body of work, an ebook, something like that, and they are transitioning that into an online class. Um, that's actionable for their students. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about how it's structured? Yes. So um, in week one, two, and three, that's the planning. And then there's a break. And then we come back and do um, the building part, right? So that's more of the content focus uh, before we get into the technology. Then there's another break. I like breaks. I like implementation (laughs) weeks. Um, and then we get into technology and sales funnels, and then there's another break. And then we final, uh, we finish up the class with um, the launch sequence. There's a 14-day launch sequence, a live one, and I take the class through. Okay. So launching, why do you think launching is so challenging for people? Because there's a lot of people who get stuck in planning, or they get stuck in rewriting their content over and over. What is it about launching that can be so challenging? You know it. Um, So I can speak to this specifically when I think about my, so I mentioned that I have a self-guided option. There's also the mastermind side where you really sit with me and it's more of an intensive um, and it's meant for those who already have an existing business, um, who are making money in their business, but they want to probably free up a little bit of time and they want to get really clear about how to make those interactions, that class interaction with their class count, and then spread that <laughs> um, across the land. Across the um, but I think the main focus um, that we kind of get back to when we think about the mastermind is they are ready to launch. So they're in a particular place in their business. So that's the reason that I've kind of separated the two. So I feel like a lot of times when you have an existing body of work or you have existing content, it can still be hard to be like, okay, I'm going to put this in a class format. Um, But what I really try to do is make it super simple. I include all the templates and all that jazz, bells and whistles. But what I really have them focus in on is two questions. One, how can they resonate with their current audience now? Like, why did they pick that audience? How are they resonating? So that's how they're going to speak to them throughout the class. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing being, how can you break it up into super actionable um, training chunks? So I have different tips for that depending on the audience. But um, 
short and sweet is sometimes works, right? But it depends on your audience. It needs to be actionable for them. Yeah. It's inspiring, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So let's let's talk about learning elements. So I know since you create online courses, you did it previously in the corporate world, and now you help people make theirs. What are some learning elements that you feel are essential to being part of an online course? So when I think about learning elements, I think about um, how the clients or how your students will actually interact with it, right? So there's kind of the entry level where it's a level of understanding. And then I think there's a level of knowing. And then there's a level that you're actually able to apply it, Yeah. right? So I want to get my students and their students to a level where they can apply it. If you're in mastermind, I want to get you to a level where you can create your own, where it's really tailor-made to you and what you're creating and not just a regurgitation of what I've taught you or what you've seen in the marketplace. Okay. So you talked about your technology course. So let's, that's the perfect way to switch gears and talk about tech tools. What are the tools that you use to get launch your class out into the world? I use, um, I use Pay Membership Pro. Okay. So that's kind of my background, winning the background. And then I use WordPress. Um, and then I use Thrive Themes for my theme and for, you know, any lead boxes, that kind of thing. Um, when I think about video, I use um, Camtasia to edit, <laughs> record and edit most of the time. And then I use Vimeo, Vimeo Pro um, to store my videos. Okay. Yep. Are there three, if you had to just list the top three tools or resources that you think every entrepreneur should use in their online business, what would those be? Gosh, you know, that's <laughs> a difficult one because I truly feel like it depends on where you're at in your business. Um, okay. So I'll give you my three favorites. Yes. <laughs> um, Slack is probably my favorite tool. And um, I use it both with my small team and with my mastermind students. I use it for another mastermind I'm in. So I just love the flexibility of it and the simplicity of it. Um, and it makes it really easy to yeah. stop having those long meetings. Love with Slack. Yeah. It does. <laughs> um, so that's probably my favorite tool right now and hopefully forever. I can't imagine that it would not be. Um, probably my second favorite tool is Help Scout. Um, because I'm able to see all of my, um, inbox information in one place. My team can see it. So we all know where we are, um, and on the same page. I don't know Help Scout. Help Scout is, um, what would be a comparable, like a help desk for your email. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a help desk. Like you don't get a ticket number with it or anything like that. It just looks like a regular email, but it's nice and centrally managed. So. Yeah. Um, probably the third one. Oh gosh, because I love tech so much. It's kind of hard. <laughs> like just three Maya. Um, <laughs> I am really enjoying active campaign, um, for my email. Um, I won't hold myself to that though, because I've kind of been peeking at convert kit, yeah. but, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying active campaign. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for sharing those with us. So do you have any final tips you want to share with anyone about creating or selling an online course? 
Yeah. You know, I think from my perspective, it doesn't have to selling and creating an online course doesn't mean that you have to have a big list. Right. We talked about that. The other thing is I like to iterate. So I like to create and pivot and test and then refine those things. I see a lot of um, my students before they were my students go off and create something kind of in this bubble. And I really want anyone who's listening to be very proactive about engaging whoever it is that you think your clients and your students are, engage them throughout the process, step by step. Don't let, just let them know what's going on, but let them in, put yeah. the gates down and let them in and test things out. You'll learn so much more that way. Okay. All right. So we're down to the final three questions. First one is anything coming up that you want to share with us? I do. Um, <laughs> I have This Is How to Tech coming up. So um, I will make an announcement um, in early October about that. So go and hang out um, at mayagaddy.com if you please. And if you hop on my email list, I'm answering uh, this month and in the coming months for questions, for tech questions you need to know about your online business. And I always do a really cool um, 12 point summary of all the tools. That's why I couldn't think of just three, but 12 <laughs> tools that I love, um, every month. So, okay. So that's, so the tech course is launching this year or is it going to launch next year? This year. Okay. Or yeah. And, and yeah. sell your class. Is that launching or opening sell up? Your class is coming up pretty soon. That's happening in less than two weeks. You've got um, a lot on your plate. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's already built. But yes. you know, like I said, it's about iterating when you have real people in. So yeah. Okay. So where you already answered this one, but just so everyone can hear it, where can people find out more about you and this exciting work of yours? Yes. So you can find out more about me at mayagaddy.com. Um, I am also at launcherclass.com um, if you're interested in checking out that program. Okay. Last question. What's your why? Why do you do this work? My why is because I want those who are creating um, purpose-driven businesses to be seen and heard and to really understand what it takes um, using digital strategy, connecting with their clients, creating great customer experience, what it takes to succeed at that online so they can touch more people and more lives and ultimately change the world. Very nice. Well, thanks for being with us, Maya. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you got some value out of that interview with Maya. To find out more about her, head over to her site at mayagaddy.com. And to check out the show notes, you can head over to zencourses.co forward slash zero 12, and you'll find all the links and highlights from episode 12. Again, that's zencourses.co forward slash zero one two. Before we wrap up, Have you gotten your free online course plan template yet? Listen, I know how hard it can be to figure out where to start when you're building your online course. To make things easier for you, I have put together a free one-page online course plan template just for you. In one page, you'll be able to answer some critical planning questions and voila, you'll have a simple course plan and be on your way to building your course. So how do you get this template? It is super easy. Head over to zencourses.co and click get your free course planner. That couldn't be easier. 
Last but certainly not least, if you are enjoying the show, I would be honored if you took two minutes to head over to iTunes and leave an honest review because reviews help the show rank higher so more people like yourself can find out about it. I read every review and I would love to read yours. All right, I am Janelle Allen and this has been the Zen Courses Show. As always, thank you for listening.